everyone. Welcome to the Lessons in Letters podcast. I'm so excited about today because haven't been on the podcast world for a minute. I just got back to school and I'm trying to get in the swing of things again, but rest assured this is going to be a great podcast because I truly have a dime piece with me today. Welcome, <laughs> Anne-Marie. <laughs> Hello. That was really sweet. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. A little bit of background about who Anne-Marie is. Well, first of all, we actually just met like two months ago. Is it two or three? Maybe. Yeah. Which feels so weird because I literally feel like we're best friends. It feels like it's been a lot longer. And I tell everyone that too. Like after we met, I was like, I think I just met another one of my soulmates, but Anne-Marie is a teacher for first and second graders, and not only is she a teacher and just so loved at her school by her students and the people she works with, but she's also a workout instructor at Rise Fitness. I have been avoiding the class because I know you're going to kick my butt, but I promise you I'm going to end up there. (laughs) I can promise you that it is not as bad as you think it's going to be, and everyone says that, and they're pleasantly surprised, and everyone afterwards, everyone has said, oh, that was better than I thought. Okay, but you're jacked. It's doable. Like, you no. have some muscles, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's just the lighting. No, it is not. But uh-uh. I swear, every time we hang out, I'm learning something new about you and what you're involved in. I swear, you kind of do all the things. But really, it's not what you do. It's just your presence. There's something about you. Whenever I'm with you, I walk away, and I just feel so much happier and just on fire for my life and for my faith. And that's really why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. But before we get into all that good stuff and all the wisdom you have, I want to ask you the question I ask everyone on the podcast to get started. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your most embarrassing story, Anne-Marie? Actually, I feel like I have a lot of embarrassing stories. I'm just quirky, but uh, actually I just had one very recently, I think about last week. Um, so we go. <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about religion today. So this actually ties in really well with that and just along with my quirkiness. But last week I was going to church with a friend and I am a clothes girl. So I was, had just ordered some clothes online. I got this new dress. I was all excited about it, but I hadn't tried it on yet until right before I had got, was going to church. And so, um, I feel really good in this dress. It's like, I felt extra, you know how sometimes you just feel extra, yeah, like, like ready for the day. Yes. I showered, all that. Yeah. So I'm walking into church. I'm by myself. My friend was coming to meet me and I go and I start to kneel. And then like within one minute, this man comes up to me and he whispers in my ear. I'm like, I think he has a wedding ring on. Like I was like <laughs> thinking he was about he trying to, to hit on me. Well, I thought he was, but he whispers in my ear. I think you still have the tag on your dress. No. <laughs> no. And hold on, it gets even better because I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling me that would have been a long hour if you hadn't. So I go to the bathroom to take off this tag that's still on my dress. And not only is it a tag, but it is from the website Nasty Gal, <laughs> which is written huge on the tag, which like... I'm sure that Nasty Gal sells things that I definitely would not buy. Yes. Sorry, full disclosure, but they just have some the really fact, cute things. But. They do have very cute dresses. This was like a neat, I mean, this was a midi length dress. This is a long dress yeah. that was conservative, so it really didn't match the tag. But just the fact that it's not only a tag sticking out, but it is a Nasty Gal while we're in <laughs> church. So welcome That's to church. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Very oh embarrassing. My gosh, I couldn't stop laughing. Though, and so. the fact that it was a guy who's like, oh, yeah. Um, 
excuse me that and i'm like worst. in my head like dang i must be looking good yes. today no nope. that's kind of the worst when you're like really feeling yourself and you're like i'm so put together today and then someone's like oh you've got a tag sticking out and for me i always have like deodorant all over my clothes <laughs> that Same. actually happened yesterday someone's like you have deodorant all over your shirt i'm like great i was really feeling myself until now <laughs> but that is so funny nasty um, gal nasty gal there yeah. you have it so when Anne-Marie and I first got together a couple of months ago, we sat down and it was probably supposed to be just like an hour dinner, but literally we were talking for probably three hours because I was hooked. Anne-Marie has such a special gift and she is so close to God and she has a lot of these things called God winks. And I asked if she could share one of her stories, if that's okay with you still, and maybe just define first what a God wink is. So I don't know if I know the official definition. I just know what it means to me. But I think it's one of those moments that you know that God's with you and it can't always be explained. So, and it's always for good. I think it's important to mention that too, that it's something that is supposed to bring you joy or it's for the good of somebody else. But it's like, you know, God's communicating and it's too weird to be a coincidence. So it's one of those, um, I feel like your first instinct with the God wink sometimes is to doubt it or to try to rationalize it or, oh, well, science would say X, Y, and Z, but that's not really what it is. And mm-hmm. you just have this knowing in your heart, like, yeah. okay, this is God. Yeah. It's like, um, you can't make this up. You know? Right. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, she's probably just being whatever way, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not that. Um, for me, I've kind of built these things over time, so it didn't always start out this way, but I think... It's happened to me enough now that I, I just know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite God winks to share, I guess I'll just explain this one. Um, so I like to pray my rosary in the car every day. I'm Catholic. That's my jam. Um, so the rosary in the car is like how I start my day every day. And um, so I had gone to volleyball the night before and my car battery died when I got back to my car. I was so bummed. I'm like, man, that's super inconvenient. But at least I'm a teacher, so I'm in the summer. I have time to do it tomorrow, so it could be worse. Somebody jumped my car. I drove home. And the next morning, I set about to go get this battery fixed. Well, as it turns out, I was praying about where I should take it. So I'm like, God, you know what? If you're going to give me a battery that's out in my car, then maybe you can tell me where to fix it. Like, I want your hand in this. And I know it's silly for some people to feel like, Maybe you shouldn't be asking about something so petty or something so little, but I just think he wants you to ask. So yeah. I was like, can't hurt. Yeah. Um, so my, the way that I feel things sometimes is it'll come in as a repeating voice. I think God knows that I need it to be repeated because I have a stubborn side that doesn't <laughs> want to listen. Me too. Um, but I said, okay, God, like, where do you want me to get my battery fixed? And I was like, I think I'm going to go to Mr. Tire or one of the places that's pretty close by and. It was like Valvoline, 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 Valvoline. And it's just like this little repeating record, um, broken record on repeat. And um, I'm like, I don't want to go to Valvoline. Like my sassy self talks back to this. I don't know why I even do that at this point. But um, so I'm like, fine, I'll take it to Valvoline. So I drive my car to Valvoline. It has like just enough battery to get there. um, But it's about dead. So I pull up and there's two cars in front of me. And usually if you've ever gone there, there's a really full crew that's in the building and everybody's always working. There's probably a minimum of like six people in there at a time. But for whatever reason, there was only one woman there. 
And she was shooing these cars away in front of me. So I'm like, great. Well, I heard to go to Valvoline. This woman's shooing yeah. cars away. So that this takes voice care of that. Me. Come on. <laughs> like that takes care of that. So she comes up to my car. I roll my window down and she says to me, um, hopefully you don't need an oil change today. And I'm like, mm, nope, just need a new car battery. She's like, that is literally the only thing I can do for you today. And I'm like, that worked out. So uh, I guess my voice was right. <laughs> so I said, um, well, as I had mentioned, I love praying my rosary in the car. Well, I had been praying it on my way there. And um, I was praying for this woman as she, she clearly was understaffed. There was no one in the um, place except her. She obviously was stressed out. So I was praying for this woman, hoping she could fix my car really quickly, that it wouldn't be super expensive, yada, yada. Um, then I asked her, I said, where is everybody? And she, this was last year during COVID. And she said, um, everybody had to quarantine. So it's just me. I don't even normally work at this location. Um, I usually work across town, but I'm here today. And so I'm like, all right. So while this woman's working on my car, I'm sitting there praying for her. And she takes my car battery out and puts it on the ground. And I can see it on the ground. And she says to, and um, during this time, I'm finishing my rosary. And all of a sudden, there's that voice again. Give her the rosary. Give her the rosary. Give her the rosary. And I'm like, which rosary? I don't even know what it's talking about. Sure enough, I look in my center console or in the center of my car and there was this rosary that somebody had given me and it had been in there so long I like didn't even see it anymore. It was in this package. And I was just looking at it and I'm like, her? <laughs> I just like, I'm looking at this lady and with all due respect, because I'm sure she's so wonderful. She has like, she just didn't look like the kind of person that I would give a rosary mm -hmm. to. She had these big gauges in her ears and not that that's bad. She had lots of piercings, lots of tattoos. And, um, I think as judgmental as that sounds, and I don't mean for it to, um, the thing that really deterred me the most was this woman's necklace. So I looked at her necklace. She has what appears to be like the devil or a monster of some sort. And I'm like, mm, I don't think she wants the rosary. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think she she's good. That. I think she maybe might be doing something different than yeah. that. So, um, I'm like, hearing it still, give her the rosary, give her the rosary, give her the rosary. And I'm like, okay, if you want me to give her the rosary, make it abundantly clear. And I'm just <laughs> such a brat. Like why even do that? And she, and then all of a sudden, so keep in mind, my car battery's on the ground, right? There is no power source in my car. There is nothing. The radio is not turned on. None of it. My rosary CD pops out and all I can see is the word rosary. And I'm like, okay. But like, that can't happen unless the battery's in the car, right? Right. So all those You're people... Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is not... This is like not even science right now. So I am like just stunned. And I'm like, oh. And I'm still, again, looking at this woman's monster Satan necklace. I'm like, mm, at least make it not awkward. So I'm like talking back to this voice that is clearly <laughs> telling me to help somebody and yeah. I'm just not doing it. Um, so finally, she comes up to give me my bill. And I roll my window down and I give her this little rosary and I just said, hey, um, this is something that you can pray on. It's supposed to bring you peace and I don't, something along those lines. And she kind of looked at it and had this look on her face. And I was like, and she took my card and went to go uh, run it through the scanner. Um, <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, oh man, this woman's definitely throwing that away. <laughs> like there's no like, way she wants that. That's a goner. <laughs> I'm like, well, whatever. I mean, I did what I can do and yeah. whatever. So she comes back and she has like these tears in her eyes and her face totally changed. And she said, you know, 
I'm really glad that you gave me that because I have been waiting for my test results. I've been really worried and I've been having a hard time sleeping every night and I'm supposed to get test results back this week from the hospital and um, I know this thing is really going to help me. And I was like, you know, I know that it will. (laughs) And uh, I said, is there any other way I can pray for you? She said, no, just really, if you don't mind, pray for me for that. I'm like, all right, so consider it done. And she, it's funny because I drove home and I was just so pumped. I was like, I can't believe God just did that for this lady. That's so cool. Like he must really love this woman Mm -hmm. to do that for her. And, um, cause that's how I think a God wink works is like whoever he is doing that for, I think he really loves that person and wants them to know that. Um, I'm just like the UPS man, if you will. I love that you say that. I just think it's so neat because having a gift like that, I feel like almost, instinctively you like are like wow I have this gift but you always always are like this is not me like this is God I'm just kind of the deliverer the UPS man if you will (laughs) so I I just think that's so special and I know that we've talked about God winks in like my life and other people's lives and you're like you know what like God can talk um, or like use you for anything and for people listening to what would you say for them if they feel like they kind of have that tug on their heart if they're like wow I feel like I'm supposed to say something to that person or like give a person give someone something like what would you say to them I would say that you should listen to it but I also think that being realistic I think God meets you where you are mm-hmm. so you heard my story I talk back to my voice like yeah. I say can you make it not awkward yes. can you make it abundantly clear mm-hmm. so I think it's natural to just have talk to God as if you would talk to your friend like yeah. if your parent asked you to do that you would probably talk yeah. back and like, like are that's, you sure I'm not doing that yeah I don't know if I trust you or yeah. whatever it is like that is a natural instinct mm-hmm. so wherever and maybe your instincts aren't as sassy as mine <laughs> but I would just say like listen to it and that's how I think it builds over time like yeah. that I know that I listen to it now because I've had a lot of time where it's, I've been sent confirmation like that. Yes. Like I know she needed it. Yes. And anytime I've ever done it, good has come from it mm-hmm. or it's like a joyful thing. And yeah. I think that's kind of how you know the difference. Cause I do oh, think you a can hear point. a voice that's not always from God. And mm-hmm. I think the way to discern is like when it is for good or for joy or brings love and peace. I think yes. that's how you know. Yeah. No, that that's such good advice. And I think that's something I will for sure take away because I've told you, I've confided in you just being like, you know, I sometimes feel like I see random people when I'm for some reason I gravitate towards one person. I'm like, I just feel like I'm supposed to say something to someone. And you've kind of coached me through that. And I feel like that brings a ton of clarity being like, if this brings you like joy and peace to like you or the other person, then it's probably God. Mm-hmm. But Anne-Marie, I know I was talking earlier about how there's just something about your presence. You are, of course, so beautiful on Aww. the outside, but really there's just something about you on the inside too. And I was reading this book and it's called Captivating. And it was talking about how God makes women and men differently. And the author goes on to describe that the essence of a man is strength. And then on the opposite hand, the essence of a woman is beauty. And of course, what I was saying, women have just outward beauty, but really there, I think that the author was talking about the beauty of women's souls. And I am curious, can you shed light on how women in your life have used their innate attributes and beauty of their souls, I guess, in your life? And what encouragement do you have for girls on how their beauty can make a difference? 
I think it all boils down to just knowing who you are in Christ. Um, knowing that as cheesy as it sounds, that God created you on purpose, that you have things that only you can do. I feel like we all kind of fluctuate with feeling good about ourselves, doubting ourselves. I think that's normal. I think everyone goes through that at some point or at multiple points. But I think just recognizing your strengths and knowing that like these are gifts. These are gifts that I have. This is something I can do that no one else can. Um, I think that helps with your beauty. And I think too, accepting that about yourself allows less people to doubt it. There's always going to be people that are haters, if you will. There's always going to be people that are your number one fans. And I think you have to be careful about who you choose to be around. Yes. Like making sure that the people that are around you are bringing you, bringing you up, lifting you up. Um, but I think like even all my friends now as an adult, what I like about them is just their authenticity. Like they're not going to say one thing to me and then say another behind my back. They just don't. They say their truth out of love, even if it's hard to hear as a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that makes someone really beautiful. Just being off, being authentic, not holding things back that, um, just being like, loving towards others I think that's beautiful too and just I find my friends are like the most beautiful people because they're including others they're kind they're that makes you so beautiful and just like what they're good at that I'm not I've never I never want to bond with someone because we're like not liking someone or something I want to bond with people because oh my gosh you can do this thing that I can't do like help me be better at that or like you know this fact about something that I want to learn more about like there's no use like bringing someone down about that or like letting jealousy get the best of you. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not worth it. It's like, not. It's not. I love that you're saying like what makes your friends beautiful is that they're kind or they're compassionate or they're great listeners or all these things that really aren't physical. And if you think about it, like I would say I've met some of these people that are like 80 years old and they are the most beautiful people I've met because of who they are like innately and their souls and their traits like kindness and compassion and I actually read a story in this book about how there was these two women and one girl was like physically so beautiful but was just so wrapped up in comparison and jealousy and all these negative emotions and then on the other hand there was a woman just like I was saying older woman um had aged a bit but was just so carefree and joyful and whimsical about her life and that, that's the woman that people started gravitating to. Mm-hmm. So I think to your point about knowing who you are in Christ and really tapping into that can make you such a beautiful person. Oh, like, I think too, just like as you get older, I think it's important to remember like how to speak about yourself and to not put yourself down. I'm not saying we all cannot fine tune ourselves and grow and all that. That's definitely not what I mean. Like I have plenty of room for growing But there's just like no use pointing out your flaws. It's not worth it. Like I just think when you do that, you invite others to see you that way. And honestly, if you really let it, if you boil it down, that is insulting God. He made you in his image and likeness. Yeah. So just like remembering like, I mean, I love my brown hair. I love this about myself. And like I I told you earlier, there are parts of my personality (laughs) that I have wished away. Sometimes I wish I was less emotional or that I was a little quieter, that I didn't say my first thought all the time. But like, there's also beauty in those things too. And if I were supposed to be another way, God would have made me that way. Absolutely. Like, and he would have made all of us another way if we Mm -hmm. weren't supposed to have what was unique for us. Right. Um, 
on a similar note, I wanted to read this little blurb from an Instagram post about modesty. And before anyone comes at me, I know that modesty is definitely a little bit of a touchy situation because I know a lot of times people are like, you can't tell me how to dress or what to do. And really in modesty, I do want to touch on the clothing aspects, but really this is just like the concept of modesty for like your whole self. So this post I read, it's by this girl named Gracie Tucker. And she said, modest is not hottest. What? Yes. I think we all know this is true. If it was really hottest, commercials would totally look different, but modest does honor God and it honors others and honors me. It's literally so fun to be a girl. We get to dress up and look beautiful and sing Taylor Swift and dance like fools, but it's also a great responsibility to be a woman, a great one. Like it's an honor, but we are left with a decision as women as to what kind of people we want to be. I'm just throwing out a couple of questions to ask yourself because they are sobering questions I had to ask myself. Do I want to be hot or do I want to be holy? Do I want to be the girl whose wives don't feel comfortable that their husbands fall on social media? Do I want to use my body to get attention or do I want to be the best? Or do I want to do the best I can treat men like someone's brother, someone's dad, someone's future husband, or someone's current husband? I'm not attacking anyone here. There's literally no one in my head as I read this except younger Gracie. I used to literally be a swimsuit model not telling anyone what to wear, what to do, or what to post. I don't have this down, and nobody is perfect, but my heart is in what I wear, how I wear it, and what I post to do my best to honor God. All we have is our best. I hope this encourages you and challenges you. I'm for everyone. If it hits home, just ask the Holy Spirit to help you know what it looks like in your life to honor Him. There is grace for it all. So I'm curious, what do you think God says about modesty and... Do you think that he wants to live us to live modestly in order to honor him? I think modesty is a really beautiful way of looking at a way to honor God. Um, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it that way before mm-hmm. you mentioned it. And but it is true because if you think about it, even from like there are people on Instagram who never post. Yeah. And then they post. And like, it doesn't really matter what it is. You're like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. And it's almost like that less is more feeling of like, not less is more in the terms of clothing, because that's (laughs) obviously the opposite of the point you're trying to make, but more so you can leave some stuff to the imagination for other people because Mm -hmm. it's just not, it's not necessary to show all that. Like you just have a lot more to offer. I guess at the end of the day, I think you need to know how you want to come across. And again, that's like up to you, but do you want people to know you for your heart and your gifts and your strengths? Do you want people to see you that way? Or do you want them to see your body? Do you want them to critique your body? Because it's, it's only natural that they would. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, you decide how you want to be known. Yeah. And if you don't want people to know that you have a great personality, by all means, like, and I'm not saying it's bad to dress cute. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely a clothes girl. I love clothes. But I also think because I love clothes, I know for a fact that there's a lot of ways to look really good, but not show everything that you have. Yes. And I think it's so tricky because we are like the type of girls where we love to shop. Nasty gal, you know, (laughs) we love to shop and like, it's so fun to look cute. Like I absolutely love, um, when there's like some type of event because I'm like perfect I get to curl my hair and I get to Mm -hmm. put on a pretty dress like I think it's fun I think that's just like something awesome that girls get to do but 
there is a Bible verse, it's 1 Peter 3, and it says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of the hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And to me, it's like, I kind of interpret that where it's not bad to like want to dress cute, but where like your real beauty should be is from like what's inside of you, which is like the innate gifts, which we were talking about that God put in your heart. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really think modesty is like so tricky, but I love that you're like, you kind of have to make that decision. Like, do I want to be known for like my body or do I want to be known for like how I like promote God and like how I speak about God. And it's, it's hard to make that decision because of course I love when people give me compliments and I'm like, you look so good today. Like I think that's natural. So do you and Marie, but (laughs) yeah, I, I really think it comes down to asking like that question and like making a decision right on the spot. The modesty piece, not even in terms of clothing. I almost think that in personality too, that when you are a certain way and when you're good at things, there's a humility piece that mm-hmm. feeds into it too. You don't have to shout it from the hilltops. Yeah. You don't have to do that because when you find something out, my roommate is like this. She, she will be like the president of a club and she'll be like in charge of every volunteer thing. And she will just casually nonchalantly mention that yeah. she she got an award and I'm, I have to like pry it out of her. Yeah. And I'm like, but I love her more for it. Yes. And I'm like, what else does she do? And I'm wondering, and I'm just intrigued by her because she doesn't have to tell me how great she is. She shows me. Mm -hmm. And I think that fuels into modesty, like modesty and humility are like holding hands for me. But I just find that like, you don't have to just be like so outward with it. If you're beautiful, like people are going to know that by how you are. And if they don't, then they're probably not for you. Right. Truly. Amory, I love that because I am like obsessed with people who like don't flaunt themselves and like they're just like this hidden gem I'm yes. like you are like so incredible how do I not know that you have like all these accolades and that like you just have so many like hidden layers in you and kind of turning directions a little bit a lot of times I've had people when I put out what do you want to hear on the podcast they say they want to know about regaining trust and this is something that I personally have not mastered so I'm curious do you have any Um, wisdom about what it means to regain trust? So I think I should definitely start by saying that it ebbs and flows. And I think relationships of any form with anyone, with your friends, with your family, with God, it ebbs and flows. You're going to have times where you're really on fire and times where you're like, I am so mad. I don't want to pray. And I would be lying to you if I said I didn't feel that because I think people see me, they're like, oh, you go to church a lot. You pray a lot. And I do. But I also get mad. Like there have been nights where I really wanted to hang out with people and I'm like, God, why do you want me to be lonely? And then I will like take like my Jesus cross and I'm like, fine, at least if I'm going to be alone, you're going to watch TV with me. Like I'm a brat. Like I I would be lying to you if I said that I was like perfect all the time with trusting and Mm -hmm. knowing God's plan and all that. Like I hate not knowing the plan. I'm a teacher. We plan. That's what we do. And so I have to, I think... If I go through times where I'm going through ups and downs, mostly when I'm going through downs, I think you kind of have to figure out your why. Like, why am I feeling sad? What am I missing? 
Have I grounded myself in faith enough? Have I gone to church lately? Have I, am I just tired? Am I hungry? <laughs> like you kind of yeah. have to go through your mental checklist. Um, yeah. Why am I feeling this way? Was something triggering me this week? Like whatever it is. Um, I also, for me, I just, when I'm in that zone, if I'm in a low, I just try so hard to just pray, even if I don't feel like it. Like I'll say, like, I don't really feel like praying God, but I know that your plans for me are for good. Like I'll speak scripture over myself out loud. Like someone once told me, and I don't know if this sounds weird to other people, it might, but the devil can't hear your thoughts. He can only hear your words. So if you say these things out loud, that that's your way of speaking God over your life and getting rid of the devil. And like, who wouldn't want that? Yes. So um, I just try to speak like scripture over myself. Like God's plans are me are for good. Like something didn't work out, but I have to know that like your plans for me are for good. I mean, I think that's like a daily battle sometimes yeah. for me is to regain trust. But one big thing I do is um, that I've done in the past two years is like I've just become really obsessed with the people of the Bible. Because I think growing up, I always thought of it as this ancient book where oh, these people, this happened a long time ago. Yeah. This is like 2,000 years ago. Like, there's no way they'd be like me. And then I read like the story of Job. And you know what? I think we've all felt like Job at some point. Like God's taking stuff away from me. Things don't feel good right now. And then like for Job, because of his faith, like God took care of him. And I'm like, well, sure as heck, God's going to take care of me too. You know, yeah. just like I relate to those people. There's different times. Like I think about the story of Abraham and Sarah and they had to wait and wait and wait for their son. And I'm in a process of waiting right now too, um, not to go into details, but sometimes you're like, all right, God, are you hearing my prayer? I pray this every day. Like, yeah. And we all have gone through something that we're waiting for that we want and we're just not there. And we feel like, God, are you, do you even hear me? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that Abraham and Sarah felt that way. They were probably like, okay, you promised us a baby. Like, let's go, yeah. you know? And <laughs> Then they tried to make it happen in their own works and that didn't work. And then they finally have this baby, right? And they're so happy. They've waited like for, I don't even know how many years. I am probably need to fact check my Bible <laughs> there. But they wait and then God's like, sacrifice him. And I'm like, heck, don't you think that's like the epitome of trust? Like, yeah. I think that in my life, like when I get what I'm waiting for, would I be able to do that? And I'm like, and I think you just have to invite him into that invite God in like God has to be at the center of that and um so for me just like again a long-winded answer of regaining trust but going and rooting myself back in the Bible speaking Mm -hmm. truth over myself and then the last but not least which probably I should have started with um the Eucharist for me I'm Catholic so I just believe like the Eucharist is so powerful it's a miracle every single time that lights me up I could talk Mm -hmm. about that all day but I'll spare you today um i I've been trying to make an effort to go to daily mass at least once a week, not because I'm like trying to be super holy, but more so just because it is the medicine I need. Um, it's like the Holy spirit. I need that dose of the Holy spirit for all the stuff that I can't do on my own for all the times where I don't feel like trusting or stuff is hard for me or I wake up anxious or I get worried or stressed and I get to church and I think, Oh gosh, I will literally never feel better again. And then I get the Eucharist and I'm like, it literally like, brings like clarity yeah I don't know what it is it like, does. I, I will go into church soon like just be in a funk about something or like just have fog about something in my life and literally after I'm like I don't know what it was if it was the music if it was the Eucharist something but like 
I feel like refreshed. Like I feel like there's new life in me. But it makes sense because there is. Yeah. Like it's Jesus in yeah. you. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Like how do you not want Jesus in your body? And granted, yes. everyone's different about how they believe and all that. And I know that Jesus is with everybody. So mm-hmm. that's not to say that Jesus isn't with anyone here. I know that he is. But that is like our daily dose of like physical medicine of like the, I mean, you get receive grace every time you get that. So like, of course you feel that peace. Of course you feel new life. Like it's so beautiful to me. But, um, so again, like long winded answer here, but just, I think it's a daily battle for some of us of Mm -hmm. regaining trust and God, you totally have me one day. And then I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if you hear my prayers. Like, do you even listen to me? (laughs) I think that's normal. I think it's real. Yeah, it is. And I think that trust and like forgiveness, another like holding hand situation, but I read that forgiveness isn't linear. It's not a linear journey. And like, like you were saying, like you could have triggers or something and that goes back to regaining trust. And, um, I just felt like that brought a lot of peace in my life because I know a lot of times I would try to forgive people and then start regaining trust. And then like, I'd have a trigger, which it's natural. It's only human. And I'd be like, wow, I didn't forgive. I'm not regaining trust. But in reality, like who said that you're going to forgive and forget like that? That's not human. That's not real. That's not possible. Um, so I just feel a lot of peace knowing that like your progress does not have to be like a straight line. It's going to be like a heartbeat. It's going to come in waves, you know? Mm hmm. Emery, this has been amazing. 35 minutes of just pure gold, I swear. (laughs) But I ask everyone to prepare a lesson and then a letter for the end of the podcast. So a lesson is just like maybe your favorite quote or something you live by. And then a letter is a little bit more long-winded and is just a little bit of encouragement to whoever's listening. I have no trouble with long-winded, as I'm (laughs) sure you figured out. Um, But what comes to mind to me, um, going kind of along with your trust question, was just be still and know that I am God. And one of my friends actually told me that you could stop that sentence at any point and it would still remain. So you could just say, be still and know. Be still. Be And any of that like makes sense. And I just am like, yep, I need that. Like being the teacher, planner, rusher that I would like to be naturally. That reminds me like, okay, God's got this. And um, so just again, like speaking that scripture. And then one that I say almost every day, and I don't know why this connects with me. I was talking to my mom about it and she said, that's so funny you say that one. I don't even think of that one. I always say, I am yours and you are mine. And sometimes when I feel like I'm being tempted for something or if I feel like even an urge to like not be kind or to be like annoyed quickly or whatever it is. I just say, I am yours and you are mine. And I just like, I say it out loud and I'm like, I just want you to remember that like you're mine and you're supposed to come here and help me. And that's what it means to me. Um, and then beautiful. I love that. I guess like the biggest takeaway that I just want people to know is I just want people to know as cheesy as it sounds that like God is love and faith is good. And faith is alive. Faith is here. God's winking at you. He's winking at me. He's winking at you. Like everybody listening has a point where God is trying to communicate with them. And I think, again, like our first instinct is to doubt it, but don't doubt it. Like God is there. Like God's talking to you. He talks to us in the Bible, but he talks to us now too. And so I think that there's been a lot of division in our world right now and a lot of different opinions, judgments, um, from really all angles of any side that you believe in. I just think people have a tendency to see how they're different right now. And I think 
what we have to remember is faith kind of shows us how we're the same. Like, oh, faith is supposed to be love. It's supposed to be good. People are drawn to good. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be that good. You need to be peaceful. You need to do it on purpose. Like you need to try in any area that you can't do that. That's where Jesus is helping you. Like, hello, we cannot do this on our own. Like that's why we have faith because mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're all not perfect. But like Jesus is the part that we lack and that's why we go receive him. That's why we pray to him. That's why we ask for help, big things, small things to me, so important. And I guess like a lot of times I meet people and they ask me about the faith a lot. I like love my cross necklace and I love my bracelets and all that. And people know I go to church and so they'll ask me and they'll say, well, yeah, that's nice, but you know, I know this priest that blah, 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 or somebody in my church like really judged me. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I know a lot of people have had bad experiences with faith. And what I just want people to know is like, I think of it as like hating school because you had one bad teacher. It's not what the school is. It was just Mm -hmm. a bad representative. And there, people are imperfect. People fail. And so like, of course, people are going to let you down, but that's not what we believe as the faith. The faith is good. The faith is, we believe that God is love. We believe Jesus is here to help us, that he has our best interest, that from all suffering comes good. So I just like, for anybody that struggled with like a person in their faith and there was a struggle with a person, I just want you to remember that that's not what faith is. And that like, God wants us to know we are loved. God wants us there. He wants us to ask. He wants us to pray. He wants to help us. Like, to me, that's just so important. As cheesy as it probably sounds, like, I really feel so strongly about that. No, I don't think that's cheesy at all. And I feel like someone needs to hear it today that just because you had a bad experience or that, like, one thing left a bad taste in your mouth about the faith or the church that, like, who is really calling you there is a God who loves you so Mm -hmm. much. So that is such a good reminder. Well, it's like, why do you go? Do you go because of the people or do you go because Jesus died for us and like you're there to celebrate Jesus? You're Mm -hmm. not there for other people. And if you are, like, think about why you're going, you know? Like you got to think about it. It's important. That is. And that's what we believe. Like at the end of the day, that's what mass is. That's what church is. That's what faith is. Like it's a beautiful thing. It's a happy thing. It's joy. So if anyone's had a bad experience, I... I'm so sorry you went through that, but please know that that's not what the faith is. Like God's communicating with you. He's winking at you. Like it happens. So just look for it. I love it. Amory, thank you so much for being here today. I, I swear I learn from you every time, no matter what. Um, and I hope that if anyone takes anything away today, it's just what Anne-Marie said in these last couple of seconds that God is love and there is a God who loves you so much. So Anne-Marie, again, thanks for being on. I just love you so much. I love you back. Thank you. (laughs) You're the best.